Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and periodically some interesting off-topic episodes that, for no other reason, your host finds interesting. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, a position I've enjoyed for over three decades. In just a moment, we'll explore today's topic. You can find and listen to this podcast via any podcast app by searching for Weather Jazz, one word. Every episode is available via the website, weatherjazz.com, which is also where you'll find any accompanying information and links for every episode. All right, everybody, this is episode number 90, the follow-up to the winter weather outlook discussion, uh, the most previous one, which is episode number 89. This is 90, and it is Wednesday, November 13th, 2019, a record-breaking morning, not only here, but in a huge chunk of the country. We've not seen uh, something like this in over 30 years in terms of the uh, breadth of the record overnight lows that occurred or have occurred really over the last two days. And we also had a decent amount of lake effect snow. So let's uh, once again ask Scott Sable to join us this morning and talk about these events on this episode of Weather Jazz. Scott, great to have you on uh, Weather Jazz, and uh, for the second consecutive time, because the last time we spoke, it was on episode 89, Winter Weather Outlook. We talked about the variables. A lot of compliments on that. Uh, People apparently love to hear two weather nerds talking about all kinds of weather stuff. That's, that's really good to hear, really good to hear, because a lot of times, you know, all the technical weather stuff, which, again, sometimes can be a little um, a little unnerving for people. It, it, it's nice to hear that people actually enjoy, you know, some of the stuff that we do behind the scenes in preparation for, you know, our seasonal outlooks and all, all the other stuff that we do. Well, what we're talking about today is uh, something similar, winter weather, but uh, something caught my eye this morning when you uh, posted on Facebook and Twitter uh, a reminder that uh, this is the anniversary of uh, the 23rd, 23rd anniversary, yeah, 23rd, because it was 1996, of the huge snowfall, record-breaking snowfall for Northeast Ohio, in particular the snow belt. But it was really focused on the snow belt, wasn't it? It really was, yeah. And, and it's interesting because I'll, I'll never forget that. You know, it was a long time ago when I was a lot younger, and you know how it is when you're younger. You're, you're when, when something big happens like that, you you jump with, you know, both feet right in. And I remember uh, working up at um, Berkeley for an airport up in Cleveland, and it was a weather company. They did a lot of, um, and I think they're still there. Uh, they did a lot of municipalities forecasts for municipalities. Um, uh, the Cleveland snow removal for the city of Cleveland, the Turnpike, many, many other clients across northern Ohio and across the Great Lakes. And I remember being up there, and I remember watching some of the, the elements coming together for Lake Effect. But, you know, I'm in my early 20s at the time and thinking, okay, this is going to be fun. No, Not even thinking that this is going to turn into what it ended up turning into. Right. Now, you at that point had graduated from uh, University of Missouri at uh, St. Louis. 
Um, and, Correct, yes. Yeah. And you had not yet joined the ranks at Fox 8. That was still a couple of years down the line because you had hopscotched in a few other markets before coming to Cleveland. So you started the day thinking, okay, it was going to be fun, but little did you know that you were going to be stuck there for a while? Oh, yeah, and I remember it was Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and I remember waking up, and I knew we were going to end up having some snow. And at the time, you know, like we all do, you're working a whole bunch of different jobs and in the hope that someday I would I would get into television, which I ended up getting into, um, I think it was less than a year after that. But, uh, but it was a Sunday morning. I think it was November 9th, if I remember correctly, and I remember looking at all the parameters. So I'm, I'm, I'm there, and I'm like, okay, wake up Sunday morning, go to work watching the the cold front come in, the Arctic front, and then the lake effect kicks in, and the bands. I remember, and if, and if you look at the, the radar returns, the, the National Weather Service reflectivity, when you start seeing shades of green, you know, okay, this is something significant. This is moderate to heavy snow. And then I remember seeing not only greens, but then I started seeing yellows mixed in there, and I'm thinking, whoa, now I gotta, now I gotta mm-hmm. dig this up. Because I know it was way too cold at that point for any sort of sleet or freezing rain. Like sometimes you'll get that bright banding on the radar that, that shows the transition. I'm thinking, this is snow. Right. Uh, what's the, the visibility has got to be, you know, a few hundred feet. And that continued, and it continued through Sunday. And I remember working there. And what I would do, um, I, would, I would start work there at about 5, 6 o'clock in the evening. And then we had to watch everything all night. And so Sunday turned into Monday morning. I left there at three o'clock in the morning when the next guy came in and then I would go work at my daytime job and then I would work all day there and the snow kept going. And then it was a Monday into Tuesday and I ended up staying up for 62 straight hours working both, both jobs. Um, you know, you had to make ends meet. And at the time I'm thinking, Oh, this is cool. This how long I can stay up. And before I knew it, it was 62 hours and I hope I don't have to go through that again because that was just, it, it, it was brutal physically and mentally, but when I went back meteorologi- meteorologically, those bands of green and yellow on the radar, they just kept coming, mm-hmm. and it was unlike again, anything I'd ever seen. And it, 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 and then I saw pictures, because this is right at the infancy of the internet, and you see these pictures on the news, and you know, you're kind of piecing up the, the, the whole story together, and you realize at that point that you're looking at something pretty historic. You, you know that something uh, is reaching that kind of level when uh, all of the networks, every single one of them, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, Fox, which was relatively new network at the time, CNN mm-hmm. and others all sent live trucks to Chardon where 69 inches occurred. And uh, I like telling this story just to give it a little perspective because people on the west side, the near west side, had no clue what was going on. Bill Martin, uh, who at the time lived in Olmsted Township, uh, he uh, called me one afternoon. Uh, he said, "Hey, I'm I'm uh, putting golf balls on, on my uh, on my lawn in the backyard. What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm shoveling 39 inches of heavy wet snow off of my roof because it was creaking. Right. It was very heavy, and of course, roofs were." were failing and and I thought I don't want that happening to mine so and we heard it we heard creaking and snapping and I thought got to get the weight off I was literally spending all afternoon 
shoveling over three feet of heavy wet snow off my roof while Bill Martin on the near west side, less than a half hour away, has no snow and is putting golf balls on his lawn. Isn't that crazy? And it, it's interesting because I'm looking at the numbers now and, and portions of just to the west of Cleveland had like 15, 20 inches of snow. Mm. And then you go to Olmstead Township right outside of that and it was nothing. It was like the cutoff was, right. was abrupt, mm-hmm. was, was, was extreme. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, um, it, 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 you know, you look back now, I, I, if you go online, you can find that the uh, American Meteorological Society, they have a whole bunch of papers written on the event. Uh, a lot of research was done on that whole event and on the, the synoptic conditions that went into that. And and you look back and it's in, aside from maybe, I think there was an event in Buffalo a few years ago. I think there was one in 2006. Yes. And maybe yeah. another one since then mm-hmm. that maybe is close to it. Um, and Buffalo obviously gets more snow than we do here. But, but beyond those two, you know, I don't remember anything even close to that in the last 20, 25 years. Yeah, uh, about the only thing is, is maybe translated a little higher up along Interstate 90 in Erie, Pennsylvania, a handful of years ago when, when they were just lambasted with hundreds of inches of snow by Christmas. Right. And we were well below normal in Cleveland. I remember that because that was, and there was another one, and this might be the one you're talking about. In October, mm-hmm. they ended up getting, there was, an, I know I'm getting deep in the weeds here, but their inversion was like 35,000 feet. And it was, and it was, they were getting blasted with snow, thunder, snow, snowfall rates of three, four inches an hour. And then you're looking at these bands going west to east over Lake Erie, and you're thinking, man, if this thing were to shift about 15, 20 miles south, Mm-hmm. Man, this is going to be, and they never did. No. They just stayed there, and then they ended up getting flooding because the temperatures went up so so high so quick because all the snow melted off. Well, before I let you go, and uh, before we uh, post this on weatherjazz.com, this will be episode number 90, approaching 100. Wow. Uh, and, that, and that's for season two. Season one is in archive. And for those of you looking for all of those other ar- archive for the last uh, 11 to 12 years, you will find them on the archive tab of weatherjazz.com. Uh, this is a new season and a kind of a, a new flow. We're trying to get a lot more information out there on a more regular basis. Scott, this morning we had record lows uh, in Cleveland, a host of them. But not only here, it was... A huge chunk of the United States, not only this morning, but yesterday morning, seemed to to advance. Talk about some of the record lows this morning that uh, we encountered here in Ohio and elsewhere. Yeah, Cleveland, Akron, Mansfield all broke the record lows for November 13th. It was interesting because here, locally... The lake effect is, is now just shutting down as of, as of us talking right now. And where it was cloudy this morning, the temperatures were anywhere from 18 to 20 along the lake, maybe 25 up the shoreline up through. If you look at a map, it's to our viewers who aren't familiar with our area up near um, Euclid, Willoughby, up near Geneva. Now you go to the west, um, out near Illyria, Lorraine, temperatures mm-hmm. with a clear sky dropped into the single digits. The coldest spot I could find this morning was Seneca, Ohio, which is right on the fringe of our viewing area. The temperature was two above Ooh. with a wind chill of eight below zero. Mm-hmm. So that was just kind of a taste. And like, and like you said, there were record lows broken from southern Texas all the way up along the Mississippi through the Ohio Valley and all the way up into New England. So this has been 
some cold that has been extremely pervasive across the eastern half of the country. Myrtle Beach was at 30 this morning to give wow. you an idea how cold it was. Wow. I'm going to post a couple of those uh, maps on weatherjazz.com on episode number 90 for those uh, interested in taking a look. Uh, at the progression of the record lows yesterday morning and then this morning. Speaking of that, uh, on a personal note from yesterday morning, when the record lows were draped just to our west, I had a friend of mine, uh, Jeff uh, Kennedy, who used to work at uh, Channel 7, the Waterloo station, Waterloo, Iowa. He was my competition when I first got into the business, and, and he remained in Iowa very popular. He's now with Channel 2, Uh, the station that I worked for in Cedar Rapids. At any rate, he sent a picture of his weather station yesterday morning, and uh, I I had to kind of wipe everything away from my eyes to make sure I was seeing that right. Uh, He had a morning low in LaPorte, uh, Iowa, of two degrees below zero with about six inches of snow on the ground. It was was like, it was... As cold, the coldest it ever had been that early, and uh, they've had snow before in early November, but this is one of those real notable times where the cold and the snow were hand in hand. Exactly, and that's and that's interesting here because you know a lot of people we forget about the blizzard or the was the lake effect event at ninety six, and you know you go back even a couple of years ago we had some pretty chilly early November periods, mm-hmm. maybe not quite this cold. But you're right, they never went hand-in-hand with snow at the same time. So we're looking at cold and we're looking at widespread snow. And the last time we had a high temperature in the 20s before November 15th in Cleveland, and I think today will be the day, was in 1986. So, you know, 20s this early, that is certainly a rarity. So it uh, it has been over 30 years since we've seen anything uh, of this magnitude it just goes to show you, a friend of mine, uh, Joe Bastardi, many of you know the name, uh, Joe likes to say, records are made to be broken, that it's no surprise that records, both highs, the lows, and precipitation records, uh, they'll eventually be surpassed given enough time. So, sure. you know, it, it's been 30 plus years since we've seen uh, cold this magnitude, but it does and will happen. Is it rare? Yeah, it is, but it'll happen in our lifetime. Oh, absolutely. It was interesting because I, uh, right before the snow started accumulating yesterday, um, I, had, I had to cut the grass one more time, and I ended up blowing a lot of the grass onto the driveway and never had a chance to kind of shovel, uh, shovel it to, 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 to sweep it off. And so now I've got heavy snow cover on the driveway, and now I'm still seeing the, the, the remains of the last lawn cutting which was just under 48 hours ago. So wow. that's, 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 that's really weird. All right. Uh, before we let the audience go on episode number 90, let's give them a little taste. Uh, obviously, with this cold air, with the snow in place, it kind of gets everybody's attention. I was just talking to my uh, car mechanic in Chesterland uh, yesterday, uh, who was swamped with people saying, when can you put my snow tires on? And, uh, you know, it's, it's a visual reminder that, yeah, we're heading into winter. But uh, let's remind folks that a, an early shot of very cold and snowy weather in November isn't necessarily a purveyor or a pointer to what we'll see generally in the winter. Now, we covered that in the last segment, but let's remind people of that. Uh, go ahead. Give them your best pitch. 
Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we always try to use, you know, a, a week or two worth of weather and saying, oh, this means it's going to be this way in a month from now, or it's going to be this way two months from now. Um, you know, a lot of cold like this is, is uh, you know, our normal high should be 53. It shouldn't be 25 degrees. Right. So not necessarily a, a predictor either way of what the winter is going to be like. And, you know, like, like, like you said before, the episode before this, we tackled the winter outlook. But we're still looking for some sort of bounce back. You know, there'll be a bounce back. The problem is that the bounce back in December isn't bounce back to 60 like an early November bounce back would be. It might be a, a bounce back. Oh, hypothetically up into the, hopefully in the low 50s at some point. So there will be a bounce back at some point. There's no way you can sustain this type of cold forever all the way through the winter. Um, but it's still, it's it's hard to take. I mean, to go from, you know, the type of warmth that we had just three weeks ago to the level of cold that we have now. We're not going to hit 75 or 80 until next year, right? Right, pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a, unless the weird cold front comes through, chances are extremely remote. However, you know, even the bounce back that you talked about with highs in the 50s, uh, people's bodies acclimatize very quickly to something like this. And if you have a week or two of this, by the time it gets to normal or even a little above, it's going to feel pretty doggone nice. Right, right. It's funny because, you know, in the middle of the winter when you have a day like 45, you know, you end up seeing people out here in shorts and and, and all that sort of thing. You have a day like this where it gets, where it, where it drops into the 40s for the first time, and people are putting on winter coats and they, they've had to dig out stuff. So you're right, everything's a little relative, but it'll feel nice. I mean, with sun in, in the 50s, even a little bit of sun today in the upper 20s, a lot of this snow's going to melt off because the ground temperatures, you know, aren't nearly as cold as what they would be, say, if this were early mid January and something like this occurred. Mm-hmm. Well, you were looking for your earmuffs uh, this morning, and uh, uh, hopefully people weren't calling saying, where are your uh, earmuffs? Where's your head covering? Yeah, I, I set them down uh, right, right near where I typically do my live shots, and I don't know where I put them. So I got another one at home, and, and, it's, and it's, it's weird. You got to put the earmuffs on when, it, when it's cold, obviously, and it's, and it's um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that it's very hard to get used to, considering I haven't sure. put those on yet this year, and... Anyway, we'll get used to it. I saw them there last night uh, near the front yard, uh, as I mentioned in a in a text to you about seven o'clock. So, uh, right. so I'm sure someone just kind of moved them somewhere. We'll find them and uh, we'll get your we'll ears. Yeah, we'll get your ears back uh, warm warmed up again. All right, enjoy. Uh, thanks for joining us, and um, hey. we'll kind of keep an eye on things. You see something interesting? Uh, you uh, tug on my. Uh, Ear lobe and, and let me know. Hey, I got something for for your folks on uh, weather jazz. We'll always uh, make room for you. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me, Andre. Stay warm, and uh, hopefully we can melt off the snow so I can rake up the remainder of the leaves that I didn't have a chance to get to. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and will help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence, both on social media and by word of mouth. If you have a question or a topic suggestion, I welcome your input. You can easily reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. If you're listening to Weather Jazz via one of the many podcast apps available, remember to subscribe so that you can automatically download every episode as I make them available. And if you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area, or plan to visit or simply traveling through, you can catch my 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. weekday weather segments on WJW Television, Fox 8, 
or online live at fox8.com. If you have a Twitter or Instagram account, you can follow me at Andre Bernier, A-N-D-R-E-B-E-R-N-I-E-R. We'll see you soon with another engaging episode right here on Weather Jazz. Weather Jazz.